evening, everybody. This is Darius Asemi, uh, publisher of GB Wire and uh, President Granville Holmes. Welcome to Unfiltered with my co-host, uh, Steve Brandau. Steve, good evening. Hey, Darius. And uh, Mike Rabasi, who, uh, who may not be joining us this evening. So it's going to be the Steve and Darius show tonight. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about looters on the rampage, but not all the news is bad. We're going to start off with some good news uh, of all the stuff that's happening in our community. And then uh, we're going to talk about some of the theft over the weekend and several of the stores, both here in Fresno and also across the state. Um, let's start off by uh, putting up some of the slides on some of the great things happening in our community. Uh, Steve, do you want to talk about uh, Fresno County first? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Darius. Yeah, thanks. This is really important. Um, uh, Fresno County, we just found out we have an annual crop report that talks about how much production in agriculture was done over the previous year. So this is for the year 2020. And I realize we're in late 2021, but that information will be for next year. But we just found out that once again, uh, Fresno County is the number one ag producing county in the United States of America. And to me, every year, uh, we're in the running. Sometimes we've been second before, uh, but it's just amazing to me that once again, we're number one. And it's just a blessing from God. You know, we're coming in to Thanksgiving week, and uh, we are truly blessed in our county to be able to produce this much um, food and um, other commodities, uh, and also for our local economy. Darius, this is the um, crop report, you can see it says 2020 crop report. It's a beautiful publication that we do about this time every year. It goes into every individual crop. You can show, it shows what the crop did versus last year. And it's just amazing. Um, one, uh, they have a, a lot of different things in here. They have a quote from George Washington, who of course was our first president and a soldier. But here's what George Washington said, agriculture, is the most healthful, useful, and most noble employment of man. And so I just really agree with uh, uh, George Washington on that. And it's amazing. Our farmers, our ag labor in Fresno County make this all possible. And they're doing, they're doing wonderful things. Our number one crop, just for the record, Darius, is once again almonds, followed by grapes, and then pistachios, uh, poultry and milk, round out the top five. But I just wanna give props to all the folks in ag in our community who make this wonderful ag economy possible. $8 billion worth, right, roughly? Yep, eight billion, right at $8 billion. Number one in the United States. And that really makes us number one in the world. That's awesome. Okay, let's jump to the second one. A kids fighting cancer, get help with $1 million peers gift to Valley Children's. Uh, let's put that up. Uh, Steve, uh, were you involved in this? The Peters family's uh, gift, $1 million? No, I, oh. I won't, but I'll tell you, they're a very generous family. They give and give to our community. And we're, you know, we're blessed to have uh, families that are very generous in our community. And, that, and their family is one of them. And I know we have several others uh, that we're going to highlight tonight. But you know, this is really helpful for Valley Children's in the fight for cancer, the fight on cancer in children. And you know, Darius, we're seeing more and more of our children impacted by disease and, and different challenges. 
And it's, I'm just, we're just blessed to have a world-class children's hospital right in our community. And so um, I, I really applaud the Peters family for this gift and, and thank them for all that they do in our community. Awesome. Number three, Rogers family gives $1 million to help former homeless and foster care students. That's George and Melody Rogers Foundation, uh, $1 million a gift to, uh, to help Fresno State students who have been homeless or in foster care, That's, which is really incredible. Okay. Uh, number four, uh, Fresno State Student Cupboard gets $1.5 million gift from the Amendolas, uh, a longstanding family here in uh, Central California. Um, with a $1.5 million gift, you know, a very generous gift to help folks. Is it for the students that uh, are, are food insecure, don't have enough food to eat that are going to Fresno State? It's kind of difficult to understand. You have students going to Fresno State that don't have uh, food. Uh, so great hats off to the Amendola family. Darius, on, on that yeah. one, you know, you have to think uh, if you're a, 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 a student that's challenged, you come from a, a poor family or a, you need a, a, as much help as you can get. And you know, food is not cheap. Food is expensive. And we're seeing the cost of food go up. So I want to applaud the Amendola family as well for this uh, big gift uh, to the Fresno State students uh, who need additional help. And then number five, over 2,000 sweaters help students stay warm this winter. Center Unified uh, got a, got a um, well, this through the grant, I want to disclosure through the Granville Home of Pope uh, fundraiser, got enough dollars. Uh, this is the 17th year, by the way, uh, that Granville Homes has supported the foundation and they provide uh, coats for kids. And this year's program is called Stay Warm This uh, Warmer This Winter. 2,000 uh, sweatshirts uh, handed out uh, at um, the Biola Pershing Elementary School. Uh, uh, we have a wonderful video uh, on that as well, Darius. And, I'm not sure if you want to share. And that. let's put up the uh, brief uh, video uh, that uh, that I think uh, our uh, assistant to our mayor was there as well, uh, showcasing uh, the need in our in our community. Let's let's play that video. Good morning and buenos dias. All right, on behalf of the foundation, since our inaugural year, Darius Asini, CEO of Granville Homes, has been a firm supporter of War for Winter. Over the years, Mr. Asini has helped us provide over 12,000 sweaters and jackets to date. Most importantly, he has helped the foundation for Central Schools grow its impact in the Central Unified Community through the Granville Home of Hope Beneficiary Program. So really, we're uh, very grateful for this partnership with, uh, with Center Unified for the last 17 years. We hope that as our economy improves, all boats rise with, with the rising tide and that this wouldn't be needed in the, in the years to come. But we recognize we still have needs in our, in our own backyards.
thank you all for getting to school, getting the best education that you can at Central Unified, which provides an incredible opportunity. And remember, education is the most powerful weapon to change the world, according to Nelson Mandela. Thank you. I want to jump in there because I know uh, you don't like to toot your own horn, but a moment ago I spoke about uh, the families in our community that give and give and give, and uh, the Asimi family is definitely high on that list, and the Granville uh, family, because I know that Granville does almost everything they do as a family, and the Home of Hope, uh, you brought a lot of your um, subcontractors and supporters together and focused on so many different things in our community. I was there at the uh, giveaway this year. It's always a fun time, uh, but more important than the fun is the just the number of different things that um, the Home of Hope does uh, to help our community. So I wanna thank you personally for doing that again this year. And it seems like every year you set a record and I don't know what the goal is next year, but I'm sure we'll set a record next year. And just thanks to the extended uh, Granville family and the Assemi family uh, for all that you guys do. Thank you, Steve. I was going to say that was a little bit too much self-promotion of that video, but uh, thank you for those uh, comments and compliments. Uh, by the way, you do a lot as a, well, we don't need to talk about it here, but as a, a, a member of the Board of Supervisors, especially as, as a chair, uh, we're grateful for your leadership there. Uh, number six, because we want to get to some of the other news, um, volunteers help firm with Thanksgiving drive through for refugees. Um, which is Fresno Interdenominational Refugee Min Ministries. That's the acronym uh, firm st uh, stands for. They had a Thanksgiving drive-through helping out community communities that it serves mainly in Southeast Fresno. Um, served more than 300 families and 1,500 folks. Yeah, and FIRM is another one of those organizations that does a great job. Uh, Darius, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I had COVID last November. And I, I remember got, when you had COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. And so does the mayor. And uh, yes. but, uh, the firm, firm had um, one of the testing centers on their campus. And that's actually where I went to get tested. And that's where I found out I had COVID. And so, uh, you know, they do a, a, great th a great number of things for the community. Yes, they do. Uh, number seven, I think it's the last one on our list, is op Operation Gobble, which uh, Mike Carbossi, Councilmember Carbossi, uh, is one of his programs. He won't, he's not here to, to talk about it. I don't know if we have a video to show on that or not, but uh, they handed Unfortunately, out we do not. a bunch of stuff out uh, this morning at uh, Pinedale Elementary. So, and I think Mike is is uh, is working on Operation Gobble right now. Is probably why he's not with us tonight. And if he joins us, maybe we can go back to that and get even more details. But you know, the Pinedale community is one of our communities in North Fresno uh, that um, sometimes needs additional help. And um, to have Operation Gobble right there in the middle of Pinedale, I think it's fantastic. You know, there's a lot of families there. Again, the the cost of food is skyrocketing. And, you know, a number of families, um, they get a turkey uh, given to them and some fixings, and it makes for a wonderful Thanksgiving. So definitely kudos to Mike. And if he joins us in a few minutes, I'd like to come back to this item and let him fill in some details. 
That that sounds good, Steve. Uh, I think we have a bunch of pictures. If our um, uh, camera crew can put up some of the pictures from Operation Gobble from this morning, that'd be great. We were working on a video instead, sorry, so we didn't uh, get around. So, so didn't get that like, out in time. Uh, we don't have any we may still. pictures uh, today, but so we're going to move on to the second segment uh, of the show, which is not so much the good news, but uh, some of the looters that are on the rampage uh, across our state. We have a short clip from CBS in Austin that discusses the flash mob robberies taking place in our state. Um, and other parts of the country. Let's uh, play that clip. It's about two minutes. Right now, police in California and Illinois searching for the people responsible for stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of merchandise from stores like Neiman Marcus, Nordstrom, and Louis Vuitton. Tonight, the national desk, Atra Elnashar, looking deeper into the growing threat of organized retail crime nationwide. The hashtag flash mob robbery making the rounds on Twitter over the weekend. Videos like this from Walnut Creek, California, just outside San Francisco, showing a group of people believed to be filling a car with merchandise stolen from a Nordstrom store. Local police say 80 suspects were involved. About 30 miles away in Hayward, California, witness video capturing this robbery at a jewelry store. Louis Vuitton stores in San Francisco and Oak Brook, Illinois, also hit by thieves, appearing to work in groups of eight people or more. Many of the thefts over the weekend happening in California, where voters in 2014 passed Prop 47, which raised the dollar amount of what's considered a felony shoplifting offense from $400 to $950. But Prop 47 likely won't apply here since organized retail crime is its own felony in California. This isn't shoplifting. This is an organized group of folks who are quickly grabbing specific items as many as they can, and uh, getting them into these retail crime rings. Jason Strachewski, the vice president of government relations and political affairs at the National Retail Federation, tells us incidents of organized retail crime, or ORC, have been up in recent years. You're seeing shortened store hours. You're seeing less work opportunities for folks. You're seeing employees who are fed up and frustrated. It's not just high-end stores that are getting hit. An organized retail crime event is reported at a CVS store every three minutes. And the man in charge of CVS's investigations was here on Capitol Hill earlier this month, urging lawmakers to pass a piece of legislation that would make it difficult for criminals to profit off of their stolen goods. A second clip we want to show you. Uh, Bay Area is a wild weekend of retail crime. Um, so take a look at this. And then, by the way, we have an interview with our police chief uh, at the at, that will show in, in a few minutes uh, after this, uh, after one more clip. Uh, actually, a couple of more clips. Then we'll have a discussion and, um, and an interview from uh, earlier this afternoon with, with our Fresno City Police Chief. We have new video. It shows a bold smash and grab at a Southland mall. This is the third straight day a large mob of robbers have gone after retailers in the Bay Area. KPIX 5's Da Lin is live outside Southland Mall with the very latest for us. Da. Yeah, Julia, that robbery caused mass chaos here at Southland Mall earlier this afternoon. Uh, many stores actually went into lockdown. Stores pulling down their front metal gate to close down early. Workers and customers running into the back of the store to seek safety. 
Robbers used hammers to smash glass cases and ran off with jewelry. You can hear workers inside Sam's Jewelers screaming in fear. There was like a whole bunch of glass just shattering. Witnesses say this was the tail end of a much bigger scene. I would say at least 30 to 40 from what I saw. But then after the main group of kids rushed out, we saw about maybe 15 to 20 scattering going after back, that. Yeah. Going back. And then some even came back in. Okay. Uh, kind of a little frightening and an eye-opening. Uh, Steve, you have any comments? Now, Prop 47, it used to be $400 as a misdemeanor, and it just got bumped up to, with, with Prop 47, it got bumped up to 950 right? Yeah, and, and so, Darius, if people don't understand what that means, and I, I think uh, many of the unfiltered audience have heard about this. We've talked about it many times, but in California, um, if you walk into any store and you can steal up to $950 worth of stuff, items, uh, clothing, jewelry, and um, whatever, a lawnmower. Anything we have new video. It shows a bold smash and grab at a Southland. Um, considered a crime. And so uh, that's really been the inspiration for a lot of this modern shoplifting. It really shouldn't even be called shoplifting anymore because people are not trying to hide it. Uh, they're just, it's just robbery. It's pure robbery. And it's one of the things that's really backfired in the system in California. And we see it backfiring now in the Bay Area. Of course, uh, the progressive Bay Area is where many of these ideas come from. Um, we know that uh, our governor was formerly uh, from San Francisco and, and some of our top leadership in the state are all from the Bay Area. And so it's not surprising to me, but it's very terrible when you think about the threat to employees, other customers, and just the loss of goods. At the end of the day, Darius, you and I also pay more because of this crime. The cost of that loss on a daily basis is built into the prices. So it's very concerning to all of us. And I think it's really sad uh, that we're starting to see this in our society. No, you're exactly right, Steve. And here locally, the Alta store uh, around River Park uh, got burglarized um, a few days ago over the weekend. It was either Friday, I'm sorry, Thursday night uh, over there by, uh, uh, by across the street from River Park by uh, Blackstone and Knees. Um. Well, I know it's really hitting San Francisco very hard. It's grown into uh, uh, the East Bay, San Jose, and then now with Ulta, we're seeing some of it happen here locally. I had a conversation uh, when we decided this, we were going to talk about this tonight. I had a conversation with our district attorney and uh, Lisa Smithcamp, and she told me it's happening here, maybe at a lower level but almost on a daily basis at Dick's Sporting Goods or Macy's or many of these outlets, um, this type of thing is happening where people are just walking in and brazenly taking products and walking out with them. And, and if, go ahead. And if, if you try to stop them, uh, can, can the store owners or the store uh, employees, if they try to stop these folks, will they go to jail? Yeah, I don't know the answer to that, but I know that in general for these national chains, they basically tell their employees, do not engage them directly. Every once in a while, you'll see a video 
of an employee that tried to stop the action. Uh, one of those took place in San Francisco. We're at about a dozen of these big um, um, mass gathering robberies in San Francisco now. And, and in one location, they all had hammers. They all brought in hammers and they threatened the employees with hammers. And so the liability is such that the, the national chains are saying, don't get involved. And, um, but you know, there's, there's detrimental aspects to all of it. No, you're right. And um, Inga has a great, great comment. Why, why would they stop? Uh, not, there's no punishment that's gonna keep going. And, uh, and uh, then Denise had a comment about, well, you know, if this continues, a lot of these stores or some of these stores at least will close down. The, uh, the brick and mortar stores, they go, we're just gonna ship stuff. We're gonna become, you know, develop an Amazon concept or we can only buy our stuff through Amazon, which is really, really unfortunate. Um, this may be, Steve, if you're okay with it, a, a good time to play the interview with uh, our police chief, uh, Paco yeah. Valderrama. Go for it. Okay, let's do it. Let's play that video. Seeing a lot of this happen in the Bay Area, we're seeing it happen across California. Do you think it is a result of Prop 47 and bad legislation? Uh, I think those two things have definitely contributed to it. Um, you know, simply because you decriminalize crime doesn't make crime go away. And what Proposition 47 did is that it raised the ceiling on uh, whether it's a felony or not. Basically $950. So think about that. That's almost $1,000 that uh, people can walk in, shoplift, steal, and it's not even considered a felony. So um, what, what that does is that it takes away accountability and it takes away consequences from just everyday bad behavior that, that hurts our community, hurts our businesses. So, um, you know, I, I found it uh, kind of troubling that, uh, you know, there's a lot of commentaries by um, uh, state government, you know, talking about uh, condemning the acts and this is a terrible thing, but yet it's been that type of legislation that has created the problem. And it really ties the hands of, of police because uh, we can be out there, we can be proactive, we can catch the bad guy. But uh, if there's no consequences, you know, a lot of these crimes are now sight and release, which means, okay, we catch somebody stealing something, it's under 950 bucks. Well, it's documented, we give them a citation and they're released in the field. Um, is that a consequence? Not really. You're never going to go to court. You're never going to pay the, the, the citation. So uh, I, de I definitely think that it has contributed highly. And, and now we're seeing the results of it. So what we really need is support from Sacramento and to, to, to put some, some real teeth in some of these laws so we can reduce this type of crime. Right, right. Um, you kind of answered this already. But the second question being, have, our, have laws like Prop 47 encouraged these type of uh, looting rampages? Yeah, I, I think they really do. And, and I think they not only encourage, but they just uh, facilitate this type of activity. Um, you know, most of the individuals uh, don't expect to get caught. You know, that's why you have them showing up. And I believe it was 50 to 80 people that showed up at, at several stores uh, just up north in San Francisco. I've been in communication today with the uh, San Francisco police chief, Bill Scott. Um, you know, we share information and we're monitoring to see if uh, we can expect anything like that here. Um, this isn't new. Uh, we've seen this here in Fresno for the last couple of years, but in a much smaller scale. We're talking four to five people. So uh, we actually had a uh, executive staff meeting today, a command staff meeting, where where we, we talked about this very thing. You know, our patrol officers are out there. Uh, we're monitoring social media to see if there's any plans for this type of criminal activity to take place here, and we're going to be ready for it. Um, but of course, you can be you can be Johnny on the spot. You can catch the bad guy. You can 
um, you know, recover some of this property, but it's it's being done in such large scale because it is being encouraged. And, um, you know, frankly, I think the laws have failed us in, in, in this state. Yeah. Um, lastly, are you seeing these, um, these um, type of acts locally and is it impacting us on a local level? Um, not, not quite yet. Uh, we have seen an increase in just thefts in general. Um, that's been for the last couple of years, we've seen a slight increase in, in certain property crimes. Uh, we certainly have seen that um, near downtown, um, copper thefts and things like that. But again, that goes back to having weak legislation. When, when, when you decriminalize something simply because it's not on the books or there's no serious offense to it, it's not considered a felony or a serious offense, it doesn't, it doesn't take away the cost. Uh, to, to some of our store owners and business people. Uh, just think about it, to, to go in there and, and, and uh, destroy somebody's property, to, to steal copper wire, just so you can go and sell it for a few bucks. Well, you know, it's thousands of dollars in losses, you know, for just a few a few bucks. So, um, you know, that's, that's on our radar right now as far as trying to make those reductions. Obviously, we have uh, uh, the bigger issue, which is violent crime to, to focus on with limited resources. But I think as we build up this police department, add more police officers, uh, we can address uh, overall crime in general, but uh, um, we need some help. You know, uh, police chiefs uh, across the state are, are trying everything that they can with um, with low staffing to make a difference, but we could really use the help of Sacramento and some of our legislators. Kind of eye-opening. I can tell you uh, uh, with my construction hat on that uh, new construction gets hit frequently for appliance, appliances, copper wire, um, you know, you name it. But it's, it's mainly the, the, the big ticket items. So we are spending a lot more money on security. This is not all throughout our community in, in certain projects that we have, we have under construction right now. Uh, we have to have basically 24-7 security, which comes at a huge cost, you know, thousands of dollars a month. Uh, to try to try to slow down or prevent some of the theft that we're, we're seeing on the, on the construction sites. And of course, to see this happening on our stores, in our own backyard, uh, like the Alta uh, robbery Thursday night, uh, that's also very uh, uh, alarming. Steve, comments on uh, police chiefs? You're on mute, by the way, Steve. Yeah, thanks, Darius. First, I want to thank uh, Police Chief uh, Balderrama for coming on Unfiltered again. He couldn't be with us live, uh, so we did the interview a little bit earlier today, and, and thankful to him for coming on. And, um, you know, I totally agree with the Chief uh, about the contributing factors. The state legislation policies are creating an environment where there's no consequences. Once you have no consequences to this crime, then it's just up to, uh, you know, people some um, moral code. And I think in a lot of ways, our society is seeing a slip in that. Um, I think that crime has always been with us, robberies, shoplifting, um, was happening, you know, when I was a kid, but, but the magnitude that we're seeing it today is an indicator to me that in many ways, the moral fabric of our, of our communities is starting to slip. And then when you have policy and legislation that supports that slip, uh, I'm not surprised to see the types of things that we're seeing in the Bay Area. And I know um, I understand that uh, Mayor London Breed and uh, many other policymakers in San Francisco are starting to really question that. I hope them, I hope them well, and I hope that they can get something new done in this regard. Because I mean, all this, some of these robberies were in broad daylight in Union Union Square in San Francisco. That's a high dollar district 
where a lot of um, commercial money is made this time of year. And if it continues to happen, if you compound that with the homelessness problem, uh, people are just going to want to quit going to San Francisco. And I quite frankly don't blame them. I've heard three or four people say with these robbery, this rash of robberies, that they're not going to go back there until San Francisco uh, gets this under control. Good points. Uh, Denise put another great comment up that uh, you know, cities like Seattle, for example, have had their entire retail base of large anchor stores closed down because of because of this and moving to other cities uh, or states that, uh, you know, will, will criminalize shoplifting. You know, and Robert Wharton on uh, our Facebook live feed right now made a great point. So we shift to um, Amazon and, and that type of delivery platform, but we have the porch pirates problem as well. We have people that cruise the neighborhoods. If they see an unintended, uh, unattended package on somebody's front porch, pull up, go grab the package, take off, and there's no consequences to that either. So, um, you know, that we need to address this as a society. No, that's a good point. By the way, we, we had an episode, uh, a show, you know, almost, gosh, seven, eight months ago, covering those uh, Porsche bandits. There's folks that follow Amazon trucks uh, into neighborhoods. As soon as the, the truck, you know, drives off, they go and uh, hit the front porch uh, to see what they can pick up. So please, over the holiday season, as, as some of us uh, or some of you uh, are ordering more stuff uh, to be delivered on your front porch, please be very mindful of that. Um, uh, that there's porch bandits that are just uh, following uh, those trucks around. Um, Steve, where, where, do you, where do you see the solution on this, at least for our county? Well, in here locally, we have a very strong pro-police um, mentality. And I think that that's where that's very helpful, both at city council, the city of Fresno and Fresno County with our sheriff's department. We're very supportive of our police departments and very proactive in this type of thing. And and I think that's key. But beyond that, Darius, we need to address these problems. And I'm hopeful that the mayor of San Francisco and others will come together and, and talk to the governor and talk to the state legislator and say that this is no longer working. We need to we need to rethink um, some of these policies. And um, now whether they can do that or not, because it's a very progressive concept and they would have to deny some of their own philosophy uh, to make the changes. Yeah, so yeah, at, at 9.50 and a misdemeanor, and what is, by the way, what happens when you get a misdemeanor? Is it, there's no jail time. It's Slap just, on uh, the wrist. Slap on the okay. wrist, Darius. Okay. Um, uh, Inga's comment, pro-police is not keeping the criminals in jail. Because isn't it just catch and release, basically, even if they are, even if it, it, it is a felony or over $1,000? No, that part is true. And I agree with Inga completely. And you heard uh, Police Chief Balderrama talk about that. You can be on guard all day. You can catch the bad guys. But there's no uh, there's no crime. I mean, if they're not going to be charged with a felony for this level of theft, uh, you you've lost all the power. You've given away your power, and so that's what I think we're seeing. It wouldn't surprise me if it accelerates, and we continue to see this problem, and even go into other areas of uh, of um, theft and robbery. 
Well, Darlene's point uh, earlier, Darlene Mata, is that they're even doing that to grocery stores. Yeah, it, you know, at first in San Francisco was Neiman Marcus, uh, some of the big, real expensive places, but it's also been Target, Walgreens. And uh, so, you know, it ends up going across the board, but, and the videos speak for themselves. Uh, dozens of people go in and grab and, and take off at the same time. How do you stop that if you're a store owner? No, exactly, exactly. Um yeah, slap on the wrist with no official record under if, if it's under $950. Uh, comment from uh, Denise uh, Macros. Um, okay. Any other comments? There's really not a whole lot else to uh, Right now, police in California we, and Illinois. We hope store owners are uh, keeping a, a very close eye, having enough security. Um, because this, I, it, unfortunately, I don't see an end to this unless there's uh, new legislation coming down and new enforcement uh, uh, by local law enforcement folks. Uh, I, I don't see, I don't see a, a slowdown or a stop to this, Steve, do you? Well, Darius, unfortunately, here's what normally happens. Eventually somebody's gonna get killed and they're gonna get, and we're gonna see some, some death and somebody's gonna try to intervene or somebody's gonna get in the way or say something wrong to one of these criminals and or they're going to get ran over with a vehicle. We're going to see real negative consequences. And hope, hopefully it would be nice if it didn't have to go that far. But it usually takes something like that to initiate something like we had in Fresno with the three strikes law. And so hopefully it doesn't go that far. But it wouldn't surprise me if we have to see some real terrible consequences uh, in order to shake things up. And, and that's just where we're at in our society right now. No, you're right. Uh, I agree. Um, and I, I don't see a, a relief on this, uh, unfortunately. Again, construction is getting hit. Uh, stores are getting hit, which is uh, you know, really unfortunate. We all end up paying a price because cost of goods and services will continue to go up until or and unless there's a, there's a stop on this, uh, stop put on this. Um, there's no other comments or questions. I think we're close to a wrap on this. Um, yeah, Darius. So um, there's some uh, comments coming up on Facebook right now. Uh, shame on these people. And I totally agree, Darius. We have to take, you know, we have to expect more out of people. That's each one of us. We all need to be engaged in these negative behaviors. Uh, but people need to show personal individual responsibility and we're just not we're seeing a breakdown in society on some of these issues no exactly uh denise said another comment store owners in many areas are starting to hold state identification before allowing anyone in their stores and hiring full-time security and i think that's yeah. real smart i mean that's yeah. a natural but think of the cost of that Think of the cost of that security. You talked about it on the job site. That cost gets built into the yeah. price of the products. So we're all paying for this. It's ridiculous. And uh, Jeff Whitaker had a uh, comment. Uh, these organiz criminal organiza organizations know how to evade law enforcement. Uh, similar to how squatters know the rules to stay in a home that is not theirs for months at a time before they get kicked out. 
Yeah, I agree with Jeff because, you know, when, when you get 60 or 80 people all rush to the same store, you know, that's organized. These, they, they know what they're doing. They've got a plan. In some cases, uh, police have stopped these robberies because they see them organizing in the parking lot. Okay. Okay. Uh, with that, if there's nothing else, uh, Steve, I think we've covered it. Yeah, Darius, I just want to say, you know, a little bit of a light show tonight. We wanted to highlight some of the good things here locally. Uh, we did want to talk about this uh, thing that's starting to catch on in the Bay Area. Hopefully it doesn't make its way to Fresno. But more importantly than all of that, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of my personally favorite um, holidays. It's a little low key. Uh, it's not as glamorous, but it's a great time to reflect on the blessings of family and the blessings from God to all of us. Great point, Steve. Uh, and yes, for those of you that missed the first part of the show, we had a lot of positive comments. I, I'm sorry, positive points. Uh, seven great things that have ha happened in the last 12 months here in our own backyards in Fresno County about the great donations from different organizations to help those uh, in need in our community. I'm very grateful to those organizations and families for stepping up. And uh, on behalf of all of us at Granville Homes and at Jimmy Wire, we wish you and yours a very safe holiday and happy Thanksgiving. Uh, blessings to all of you. And uh, I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to live in this beautiful land. I'm thankful for my God uh, to give me the opportunity to immigrate here and, and make a life and make a successful life here in Fresno, California. Um, on that note, good night and see you all next week. Happy Thanksgiving.